the Todd Stansbury Podcast from RamblinWreck.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket Athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. And we welcome you in. Hope you've been having a great summer. And thanks for making this Toddcast part of it. I'm Andy Dementor. He's Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. Our monthly visit with the Athletic Director for Georgia Tech as we tackle all sorts of subjects and cover all sorts of ground around the flats. Todd, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. How's the summer for you so far? <laughs> it's uh, it's here. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that, um, you know, you, you, you kind of it's like a track meet. All of a sudden it's uh, it's on you and it will be going by pretty quick. So we get that tight window of um, taking advantage of a short summer, knowing that um, football is actually right around the corner. You are a uh, world traveler. You, you have a. Uh any trips on the horizon or, or most recently in the rear view that you got coming? No. Well, I got a couple coming up, okay. uh, a couple of short trips, but um, really uh, want to take a little bit of a breather after a phenomenal year uh, so that we can kind of get right back to it, uh, you know, beginning of July and, and, and get ready for uh, what I think is going to be uh, another awesome uh, year for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, we will talk a lot of those successes from this past year, some of the returns to normal, some of the new normals uh, that are coming up for Georgia Tech and across college sports. A- again, if you listen to a Toddcast, you have a question for an upcoming edition, make sure you tweet us at GT Todd Stansbury at Andy Demetra, or you can simply drop it with the hashtag Toddcast. I got to ask you, uh, first off, it's been great to see that what Nell and Josh started in March, the Atlanta Hawks are continuing with their success in the postseason. Have you been following the Hawks at all? Yeah, I know. And I mean, Atlanta is becoming the center of the basketball universe when you consider um, the, uh, you know, what uh, our men's and women's teams did uh, in the winter. And now now the Hawks following up right now with uh, what they've got going and a, an incredible run there that uh, – you know, of course, we, we want to see this one right through to the finals. But, um, yeah, Atlanta, Georgia, basketball central. Seeing the, the full capacity of State Farm Arena, it's got to get you fired up for full capacity at McCamish next winter, full capacity for that matter at Bobby Dodd in September. Well, you definitely see that um, when the doors open, people are going to show up. I think that there's just a built-up. Uh, demand for live events and getting back into um, arenas and stadiums and and uh, yeah it's great to see uh, what's going on in Atlanta right now uh, because of the Hawks it'll be nice to go to a stadium and not see cardboard cutouts anymore (laughs) yeah no it'll be take nothing away from the great folks and fans at Georgia Tech who uh, paid for their their cardboard cutouts in McCamish this past year but boy it'll be nice to have a a cardboard cutout free venue hey uh, we we got creative that's for sure but it's going to be great just to get back to uh uh uh, live fans live audience uh and and just get back to the excitement of what it's like to be in a in a packed stadium at a live event you had had a cutout at McCamish didn't you I did have who are your who are your seatmates? Who are your neighbors? No, I, I don't even know. Really? Yeah, I don't even know. I um, I uh, I forgot all about that actually. Would you take your cutout as a memento for your office? No, what? I may. I'm going to think about that. 
Because okay. I, I don't know that I ever really paid too much attention to what it came out like, so I need to check that out. <laughs> got to make sure they, they got your best side, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you have been watching the Hawks, let that be a reminder that men's and women's basketball season tickets are on sale now. The renewal deadline for men's and women's season tickets is Friday, June 25th. So mark your calendars, Friday, June 25th. That's the renewal deadline. Just make sure you contact your ticket office rep or visit ramblinrec.com to renew or to purchase basketball season tickets and with the success that both teams had last year why would you not want to jump on board our seasons uh, in the spring officially wrapped up with uh, the ncaa track and field championships another couple of all-americans uh, in nicole fegans and bria matthews for for all the distractions all the disruptions all the challenges that these student athletes have had to navigate and persevere through for the past 12 plus month 19 all-americans todd in the 2020-2021 season yeah and i i think it's just fitting that um you know we ended uh we ended uh, officially ended our seasons at the at the national championships in track and field and bria matthews you know, now uh, adds uh, two more first-team All-American uh, honors to what is maybe one of the most incredible careers that we've ever had here in the Flats. And and Nicole Feegans, of course, and she's also got another All-American uh, 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 title to uh, to go with the other two she got this year in indoor track and cross country. So two just phenomenal young women. Uh, went out to Oregon and, and finished us up in style. But, you know, getting, you know, Bria Matthews and the career she had starting off as a freshman and being an ACC champion and All-American and and uh, then having what at the time looked like a career-ending injury and rehabs for two years and comes back and is ACC champion again and All-American as a senior and then because of COVID is able to come back uh, while she's getting her master's in electrical engineering and comes uh, fourth in the long jump and sixth in the triple jump and now she's gone to the Olympic trials before um, she'll end up uh, going to work as a uh, as a, uh, a computer engineer for IBM in <laughs> Austin. What a way to I, I mean, and then you have to just think of this year and what all these student athletes had to overcome to do what they did. And um, uh, I think she's just a great example of the resilience and that is um, is um, you know characteristic of uh, what all these young men and women had to do this year. So great to see her career come to uh, such a, a, a decorated conclusion. Nicole Feegan's six school records. That's pretty good as well. And she's coming back. So she's not, I mean, she's got a lot more to do here. And, if, and the other thing is she's also um, going to be the, uh, the, the president of our student athlete advisory that? board next year. So, um, you know, just two phenomenal uh, young women that, that represent Georgia Tech in, in the best ways possible. So 19 All-Americans. And they received a total of 26 All-America honors this past season. As recently as three years ago, Georgia Tech had a total of nine All-America honors. Over these past three years, to what do you attribute that huge jump in the number of student-athletes here who are enjoying nationally recognized success? Well, I think, obviously, a tribute to our, our, our coaches and, and recruiting, uh, I think, but... 
I think the the big thing is moving away from the this survive culture to the thrive culture. That the expectation is is that our student athletes are going to thrive on this campus academically, athletically, personally. We're going to develop them in the leaders. We talk about we're going to develop we develop the young people that'll change the world. And and I think it, we've just raised the bar. And success begets success. And when you look at around the room of, uh, you know, when I'm looking when I'm with our head coaches and you look around the room and all the success that we're having across all sports, I think it just becomes contagious. And that becomes uh, kind of the norm. Uh, I think the other thing that's pretty impressive about uh, these 19 All-Americans is uh, when you look at their majors, and uh, you've got uh, Berkman as mathematics, and uh, we've got a couple of mechanical engineers in there, an aerospace engineer, a number of business majors. There is not a group of all Americans at any other institution that are studying what our kids are studying across the board. And I think that's what makes it even more impressive is that at Georgia Tech, these kids are thriving on every level. No question about it. And that, that's, of course, led to team success. The Connell's Director Cup standings, where, you, where do you anticipate Georgia Tech will finish this year? I think we're, you're, we're definitely um, you know, going to be uh, probably in the top 50, I would think. And if you, if you uh, account for um, just schools that have the same number of sports that we have, uh, it looks like we'll probably be in the top 15. So... Uh, a great uh, year for, for Georgia Tech Athletics, and ultimately, um, it may be the best. It'll definitely be one of the best. Yeah, so you'll have 11 teams when it's all said and done, earning points in the final Coddles Directors Cup standings. That's based on NCAA postseason participation. Going back to the 2017-2018 season, you had three teams yeah. earning points. So individual success also begets team success in many instances, and this is certainly no exception. Yeah, and I, uh, the other thing I'd just like to point out too and or, or comment on as far as the, you know, three teams in 17, 18, and 11 teams this year in postseason, uh, I just remember my first um, – head coaches meeting and talking about what we needed to do to create a thrive culture and the expectations of postseason and all those kinds of things and and where we finish in the director's cup and I had a head coach um, who had been here a while come to me after that meeting and said you know what you're the first athletic director that's been here that's that's actually talked about uh, how we finish in the director's cup and so I think that's the other thing is just recognition of that it is important to go to postseason that we do expect to compete at the highest level of the ACC if we can win in the ACC we put ourselves in a position to win national championships and um, I think that has a lot to do with um, where we are today is just setting the tone setting the, the expectation and and here we are what three years later and um and we go from three teams to 11 teams in postseason. And to follow up on the point you made, there are some schools that have expansive athletic departments, more than two dozen sports, and naturally they're going to accrue more points for the, the Director's Cup. But if you weight the number of points that Georgia Tech will earn against the number of sports that it offers, that's where, when you take that weight into account, Georgia Tech, uh, by that metric, would be a, a top 15 athletic department. Yeah, in the country. Yeah. That's where we need to be. 
music to an athletic director's <laughs> ears. Right. Is it not? Uh, let's talk about that academic success, though, because uh, another strong semester academically for the Yellow Jackets just finishing up here recently. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about Thrive Culture, and, and that's winning in all aspects of what we do. And, and of course, Georgia Tech and academics, it's what we kind of hang our hat on. And, and uh, so with a our, our student-athletes did it again. We have a 3.1 mean GPA uh, across the board. 62% of our student-athletes had a 3.0 or higher. 52% are dean's list or faculty honors. 10 of 13 teams have a team GPA of 3.0 or higher. Um, women's swimming had their best finish nationally um, uh, athletically in in program history and also knocked out a 364 team gpa that's pretty good not bad (laughs) so uh you know when we talk about that thrive culture i think this is just a great example of um the fact that our student athletes um can uh continue to do well um in their classes and, and compete at the highest level in their sports and now that some of the student athletes are here on campus the summer is the time for internships at Fifth Street Bridge program is is back and cranked up again. Yeah, I mean that's uh, you know that's what we kind of are. Uh, one of the things that we feel differentiates us from from many of our peers, and that's uh, the fact that our you know typically uh, more than half of our returning student athletes do summer internships, and and uh, I think that's a. Uh, uh, the reason that we can do it and most can't is one, our kids are in all the right majors, and two, we're in uh, we're geographically ro- located across the street from a lot of opportunity. So, again, we'll have um, 110, 120 plus student athletes uh, this summer, and they're they're part of the Fifth Street Bridge program, which is our uh, intern, uh, intern, summer intern program. And they're with, um, you know, the big brands, uh, whether it's Google or Coke or Home Depot, Exxon Mobil. I know in the past we've had student athletes interning with NASA. Um, it's uh, pretty impressive to see what these young people do um, in the summer. And ultimately that lays the groundwork for what they'll do when they leave Georgia Tech. Very well. What was your internship when you were here? <laughs> yeah, my internship was um, digging, uh, putting in silt fence, erosion control fence for six cents a foot and uh, throwing bags on a Delta plane. Uh, so we didn't call them internships back then. Those were <laughs> summer jobs. Uh, yeah, so you were on the tarmac at Hartsfield, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, briefly. I was okay. briefly uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah. but um, That's when your shift started? Yeah, yeah. They put all the, the Georgia Tech football players in that night shift. So would you go straight from working the overnight to working out in the hard morning? Hard to maintain weight. I was going to say, that. a little hard. hard. to maintain you're, you're getting that workout yeah. just schlepping bags. Yeah, so I made a career. I, I, I made more of a career of uh, landscaping and um, and uh, silt fence, erosion control. Those six cents a foot. Was that a good yeah. deal back then? I read Georgia Clay made you earn that six cents. Yeah, I probably. <laughs> it was uh, quite a foe, I imagine, <laughs> in the summertime. Yeah, I, I think Google, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, GMX, Mobile, those, those sound a Hey, these are internships where these kids are in the air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Very true. And uh, certainly representing Georgia Tech well there, too. But, of course, uh, we're just all 
chomping at the bit to get back here to Bobby Dodd, September 4th of that season opener versus Northern Illinois. 100% capacity. You made the announcement about tailgating as well. Tailgating also is uh, set to return this fall too, right? Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're uh, 100% capacity and, uh, and, and all, uh, you know, basically uh, we are back to um, game day. The game day experience, and uh, which we all know is so much a part of football, and I think I I can't wait till uh, till that first AD tailgate, um, and uh, yeah, no, we're really really excited getting back to to that. How as an athletic director have you approached vaccinations for your staff and student athletes? Well, I think uh, highly encouraged. I think uh, and very encouraged that. Uh, uh, a majority of our staff and student athletes have gone and and uh, gotten uh, vaccinated and and uh, you know I think it does a couple of things. One, obviously, safety and um, trying to eliminate uh, this uh, this brutal disease from from being being part of uh, something that we have to worry about. And then I think the other thing is, is that for those that are vaccinated, it just changes the protocols. And um, uh, the unvaccinated will still continue to have to be tested and on a regular basis, similar to what we've been doing. Uh, masks, social distancing, all those kinds of things come into play. And, and obviously that creates, um, you know, creates a different scenario for those that travel. Um, but for those that are vaccinated, we're you know we're we're pretty much going to be back to normal and we won't get caught up in contact tracing uh, if somebody does uh, test positive and then you know being able to go from what we did we're doing last year what in, during football three four tests a week uh, to no tests mm-hmm. um, there's definitely an advantage to that and then it's uh, I think the all the science that's coming out shows that that um, two vaccinated people are not going to give this disease to each other, and and um, it's going to keep you safe. Uh, the regulations for uh, those who are vaccinated versus those who are not vaccinated, as far as the testing, are those set forth by the ACC, the NCAA, by Georgia Tech? How does that work? Yeah, it'll um, it'll there there will be um, ACC uh, you know rules especially for when two ACC teams are playing okay so very similar to kind of what we were what we did last year it's just uh, there'll be um two sets of protocols uh one for vaccinated people and one for non-vaccinated people gotcha uh and and as we get ready for seasons to begin in the fall we're already starting to see more foot traffic here around the GTA because Come June 1st, boy, that alarm was set for midnight for all your coaches on June 1, was it not? Because finally you could host on-campus recruits. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, 250 football recruits come through here in one week. I mean, it was it was something, especially uh, for the last year we haven't had anybody on campus. And then, you know, you got busloads of kids showing up. So um, a lot of activity, a lot of excitement, and it was just – it you know put a smile on your face and a smile on your heart just to get back to uh having high school kids um being introduced to georgia tech and interaction with with coaches and and members of the support staff and you know the crazy thing is the freshmen they're showing up that showed up this summer first time they ever met their their recruiting coach in person was when they showed up on campus 
Isn't that amazing? That's <laughs> unreal. Well, we certainly hope that the reality meets the expectations and what they have seen online from Georgia Tech. I know you're excited to uh, show off Georgia Tech to these uh, recruits and also to the incoming student-athletes. We're going to go from the return to the normal to a vastly new normal. June 1 was a big date on the summer calendar in college athletics. July 1 is another big date because that is the day that name image likeness officially takes effect. What has Georgia Tech done to educate the student athletes so that come July 1, they can start to, to take advantage of the opportunities now available to them through name, image, and likeness? Well, you know, the interesting thing is, is that because of the total person program, a lot of the concepts that uh, we are um, uh, uh, programming into our system to educate student athletes on you know, managing brand, building brand, all the things associated with NIL. We already do. Um, it just was done as part of our professional development program in, in total person, which, um, you know, essentially uh, we, we place a lot of focus on professional development, entrepreneurship, innovation, all those kinds of things, how to build a company. Well, now with NIL, essentially, we're going to take the same uh, programming and and modify it somewhat, but whether you're, um, you know, uh, uh, a a personality or or um, a brand or building a company, you're an entrepreneur. Um, whether you're a prof- a professional golfer is an entrepreneur, and so a lot of the things that our student athletes need to know and needed to know previously. Um, to be a better pro, uh, that essentially uh, comes under now what NIL will require of them as well. I mean, they're going to need to know how to pay taxes. They may they they're going to need to know how to how to um, create an LLC if um, if if that's what they need to do. Um, they're going to be so they're going to be introduced to a lot of the same concepts that we were already um, teaching in helping them become entrepreneurs. So we're this is kind of the sweet spot for Georgia Tech, not only because we're the kind of the epicenter of entrepreneurship and innovation, and if you look at, you know, whether it's CreateX, which is uh, Georgia Tech's undergraduate entrepreneurship program, or the ecosystem uh, around us, um, and then you combine that with the fact that we're in Midtown Atlanta. Uh, surrounded by opportunity, this is um, the entertainment capital of um, of the East, uh, and so we feel like for us uh, we're in a great spot. And so we're branding our uh, NIL uh, programming, the 404 Academy, and we've already started. And so there's an N. Uh, we've had um, uh, every Tuesday night. Um, we have a, a certain part of the program that's delivered to our student athletes. And I think the first night we had 80 plus, and that was really an introduction to NIL and what that means or could mean. Um, there's a, will be, a, 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 a workshop on personal branding, personal finance, entrepreneurship. And then the great thing is we can draw on kind of our, our uh, experts, both on campus and, and around campus, um, many of them former student athletes or faculty members, 
um, to actually serve as panelists and experts in the field. So uh, we're we're really excited about where where we are positioned when it comes to um, uh, our student athletes being able being able to take advantage of opportunities and not the you know I know everybody's talking about autographs and this and that. But because we're Georgia Tech, we're thinking a lot bigger than that. And we're thinking about uh, how do we put these, these student athletes in a position uh, to take advantage of their opportunities to build um, personal brands, companies, um, innovative technologies that they'll be able to use and build on for the rest of their lives. Coaches are always looking for a recruiting edge. How do you feel NIL could be an equalizer for a place like Georgia Tech. I think it's the opportunities that we can provide. You know, a lot of what what I've said all along is, you know, there uh, are competition. There, are a lot of them can do things that we can't do, um, and there are things that Georgia Tech can do that they can't do. And when it comes to innovation, entrepreneurship, the the entrepreneur ecosystem uh, of Atlanta and amongst many of our alums. Uh, when I came to Georgia Tech uh, a million years ago, uh, R- Georgia Tech was really focused on building the best engineers in the world, um, which they did and they still do. But now the focus is on uh, creating entrepreneurs and using innovation and technology. And, uh, but the idea is now um, to, to be able to graduate young people that are re- ready to, to, to do their own thing, be their own boss, be part of a startup. And so um, uh, that gives us a unique position when you look at what kind of opportunities are there here for um, our young people within athletics uh, and how that relates to NIL. You know, and, and Todd, you've talked about the way Georgia Tech has already been empowering its student-athletes and now being able to transfer that over to the era of NIL. Georgia Tech was one of the first-ever schools to partner with Influencer, and I'd love to, for you to expound on what Influencer is and how Georgia Tech has uh, been one of its you know most impactful clients to this point and how that's going to benefit Georgia Tech student-athletes in the NIL era. Yeah, sure. Uh, Influencer, um, we've been a partner with them, I'd I'd say, maybe three or four years now, and we're one of the first um, schools in the country to do that. And what they do is they provide a platform uh, for students to um, basically use the content in social media that we create. So whether it's uh, video or or photographs or... or, um, uh, and that kind of thing. And, and so now, because of NIL and student-athletes um, basically going to be using that content to build their brands and those kinds of things, um, I think they have somewhere like over, you know, 100 schools that they now partner with. And uh, Georgia Tech is number three in, in overall content that is provided uh, to their student-athletes um, uh, through this platform, and we're number one in the in the country in football. So we're well on our way to have already institutionalized uh, one of the main platforms that people are going to be using uh, to to provide their student athletes with content, and uh, that's something that we've already been doing for a number of years. I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of learning as you go for. 
athletic directors, everybody involved in college sports once NIL kicks in, just to see how it is utilized and how it can sort of best serve the interests of the student athletes without detracting from anything that allows them to have success in their sports, right? Yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, um, you know, when you talk about NIL, you're also what, what you're basically saying is um, uh, you're giving your student athletes the opportunity to whether it's create a business, but it's a job. And so part of the things that we're going to have to teach our student athletes is how do you manage that? You're already a full-time student at Georgia Tech. You're already a, um, an athlete competing at the highest level. Now there's going to be another aspect of what you're going to be doing, which is essentially building a business. What we need to do is be able to help them manage all of that so that, you know, we talk about time management all the time and being as efficient as possible and those kinds of things. Well, all that's going to play into how uh, our student athletes are going to be able to take advantage and manage their way um, through this, you know, new reality where there is going to be a lot of opportunity. Um, and they're going to have to figure out how to manage um, uh, being able to take advantage of that in addition to doing what they're already doing. Mm-hmm. Did you ever imagine as an athletic director that uh, we would be in the era of NIL? It had been talked about for so long, and sometimes you wonder if it would only exist in the abstract, but in a little more than a week's time, we're here. You know what? There's so much that we do now as an athletic director that I could have never imagined. Um, you know, so you just think of coming through COVID and all the things that were, you know, I'm an expert in so many things that I didn't even know existed. And, and so, uh, well, I've stopped imagining what an athletic director will be doing in the future because um, it just continues to evolve. But at the end of the day, we are providing young people with a phenomenal opportunity um, to uh, develop um, their skills um, uh, using their athletic ability to develop skills that will serve them for the rest of their lives. That has not changed, won't change. And I think that's the unique thing about intercollegiate athletics is we bring in these 17, 18-year-old kids and we've got three, four, five years with them. And when you see the transformation of what it looks like the day they walk across that stage four years later, um, it's something pretty special to be part of. I get that there might be some apprehension on the part of athletic directors about how their student athletes will take advantage of the NIL platform, but there's also got to be a large part of it for you that has to be excited. Because, you know, you spend so much time and put such an emphasis on empowering your student-athletes. And here is an opportunity to put that into a real-world application. It's got to excite you in some aspect to see how Georgia Tech student-athletes will maximize their opportunities in NIL with the skills that they've been given here at Tech. Well, not only that, NIL, the reason I'm actually excited about it is because this is all stuff I wanted our student-athletes to know all along. But can you imagine if the total person program was holding a seminar on how to pay your taxes? How many people are showing up for that? Part of the NIL Academy, when we do something on how to pay your taxes, I guarantee you You we have a wrapped audience. We will have an audience because they're going to see how this now actually applies to them. And so all the things that they're going to need to know 
building an LLC, risk assessment, all the things that they're going to need to know to build a company are things that we've taught and wanted them to know all along. And now we've got a carrot uh, because of NIL that we didn't have before. So um, I, th- I see it as a real opportunity for us to just uh, make sure that our kids are prepared um, for uh, life after their sport. Of course, um, the other part of it is I think the more they know, the better pro they're going to be mm-hmm. because um, uh, they're going to be better prepared to build their brand, manage their brand. And the other thing about it is if they're worried as much about their brand as I am every day, I feel a lot more comfortable that they're going to be making a lot better decisions uh, when when uh, they're out and about and, and having a good time here in Atlanta. That's a good point. Boy, if NIL existed when you were a student athlete, you know how much money you would have raked in as a silt fence construction spokesperson? <laughs> well... Hopefully, I would have been able to parlay my NIL into something more lucrative. <laughs> Endorsement for Silt Fence, I imagine it would have paid a little more than Actually, six cents a foot. I did graduate out of landscaping into being a valet. And okay. uh, now that was, uh, you know, someday, hopefully, I'll make that kind of money again. I've seen your valet skills. I can still... Uh, it was in the One Night in Buckhead video, was it not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See? Now, for those longtime listeners of the podcast, you got to go back to about November of 2018 when we first discussed that. But if you are so inclined, <laughs> YouTube one night in Buckhead. You didn't think I remembered that, did you? No, but uh, we definitely captured the uh, the era. <laughs> it was a good time yeah. capsule. Yeah, just look for the guy with the mullet driving the sports car. I'm just amazed that somebody still has a copy of that and then uploaded it to YouTube. See, if NIL was in effect... I would still be getting royalties off of that. We're talking dozens and dozens of quarters at this point <laughs> for one night in Buckhead. <laughs> All right. To more pertinent subjects, shall we? Football, we'd already mentioned Bobby Dodd will be back at 100% capacities. We are coming up on 10 Saturdays away from the opener versus Northern Illinois. <sighs> you know, this is an exciting time, even though campus is quiet. We understand that. But to see the football student athletes on campus which includes a lot of the freshmen the transfers that are now here Lou Corrado has got them working hard in the morning there's got to be an air of excitement uh that that we are coming in close on a uh, a back to football as usual yeah no there's uh something that's um that just seems normal about having a lot of uh of uh of uh very big young men running around on Bobby Dodd State uh, on Bobby Dodd uh, field right now and uh, getting prepared for uh, for September season tickets on sale now uh, make sure you go to ramblinrec.com get your season tickets you don't want to miss part of it I've seen a lot of articles and columns that are speculating that there will be such a pent-up demand to watch sporting events in person because what was denied to so many people last year that you could have a huge upswing in attendance over even you know the pre-covid era uh in 2021 do you get that sense talking with your ticketing folks your marketing folks that there is this pent-up demand to to watch georgia tech football in person yeah yeah there's definitely um we're uh we're, we're seeing a, a lot of activity um a lot of uh season tickets are are um are it's pretty uh vibrant down there uh in the in the bullpen uh with phone calls and those kinds of things and the other thing is 
Um, our students were so impactful um, for our student athletes and, and our games last year because they did show up and were able to show up. And so that's the other part is um, I'm really excited about carrying on uh, in our student sections uh, the enthusiasm that they had last year because they definitely did make a difference for and, us. And uh, hopefully they all do their part and, and take care of their business so that they can pack that student section for September 4th. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we get to open up under the lights oh. at Bobby Dodd. No better place. How about that? 7 p.m. Tommy's Leather. Yes, set those countdown clocks right now. I know you've been waiting for it. Uh, That'll wrap up this edition of the Toddcast. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate the discussion on NIL. Thank you, and hopefully you'll get a little bit of a break before we have to crank this thing up again. I'm sure uh, now that you've said that, I will most certainly not. But that's okay. (laughs) I'm here to serve. Uh, He's Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. This was a lot of fun. Make sure you like, you listen, you subscribe, and we will talk to you next time on the Toddcast ever. Everyone, have a great one. The Todd Stansbury Podcast is a presentation of RamblinWreck.com. Go Jackets!